We're in the book of Galatians chapter 3. Let's open up there. As Paul is uh, writing this letter that some have called a mini Romans. You know, Romans is a book very doctrinal and it just makes clear, you know, the way of salvation. And so the, you know, God had done such a great work in the church there in Galatia and you know, God had used Paul in a tremendous way, sharing with him the gospel. But then what had happened was later on, uh, somewhere down the line, some other Judaizers, some false teachers came in, and they were telling the church that you're not really saved, that in order for you to be saved, you need to be circumcised. And what they were doing, as we've seen in the gospel, is they've been, they were perverting it. And so um, the, the very thing that would help them to grow the enemy was coming in and he was trying to counter that work. You know, and that can happen in our life. Uh, I know that when I got saved, it was a real supernatural thing that happened one day and I went forward and just God came into my life in an undeniable way. And all I did was believe. You know, all I did was receive. I knew I was a sinner in need of a savior and Christ came in and radically changed my life. But what can happen after that is uh, you can start thinking, well, in order to really become a mature Christian, I need to, you know, get into religion, or I need to, you know, develop a set of rules and regulations. Uh, I need to become legalistic, you know, and because and, you think that that's how you're going to grow, and, uh, and people come in, and they start convincing you of things like that, and, and that's not the way it works, and before you know it, man, they've even got you to places where you know, they have these rituals that you have to be engaged in and, and you know, whether it be baptism or, or other things. And, and what that does is it, it actually reverses the work that God wants to do in your life, you know. And so I pray that, that you would have, that we would have a, a heart that wants to grow forward, but, but, but that we would have a clear understanding that in order to grow, it's not about religion. It's not about rules. It's not about regulations. It's about relationship. It's not through the law. It's through the Lord, and it's by simple faith in Him. And when that faith grows, then you watch what happens. You grow. And so if someone were to come in here and they were to say, hey, you know, Randy, you know, in order for you to really be saved, you got to do 100 push-ups, you know. And so there's Randy doing push-ups. Um, I would get mad at two people. I would get mad at the person who told him to do that. I'd say, get out of here. We'd probably have Abel, you know, get him and, you know, cast him out. But I'd also be mad at Randy. I'd be like, Randy, why'd you let him do that, you know. And I know Randy wouldn't, but, but it's, it's, it's also our fault, too. You know, you watch the television and those guys that are teaching on, on TV or uh, you can go online nowadays. And I, I want to warn you, there's a, a lot of things that are fascinating and tantalizing and there's books out there and stuff. But it's not yeah, a lot of times it's not real solid stuff, man. It's sensationalistic, but it's not scriptural. And so it's their fault, but it's also your fault if you buy into stuff like that. And so now Paul is going to talk to the Galatians and he's going to say, hey, what's up with you guys? Why did you let them come in here and tell you that in order to be saved, you have to be a Jew first, that you have to be circumcised, you have to keep the law? He said, you guys are foolish. That's what we read here in verse 1 of chapter 3. He says, oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you 
that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. Now, it's interesting how he gets to the Galatians and basically tells them that it's almost as if someone has cast a spell on you. I mean, it's so demonic. Um, didn't you guys see that program, Bewitched? I mean, for some of you here, you're too young. But now with Hulu and Netflix, I don't know if it's on there at all. I know I saw it, uh, you know, when I was younger. And I think, you know, um, they had reruns and... You guys remember the witch, bewitched, you know, and she would twinkle her nose and things would happen. And, uh, and we know uh, now they try to paint that, that stuff as, as, as innocent. There's witches, there's warlocks, there's black magic, there's these books. It's interesting how back last week in Acts chapter 19, when people got saved, they brought those books and they burned them. They burned those magic books and the other day I was checking out the different movies that are out there and I saw this one movie and it was, looked like an innocent movie. It looked like a lot of cool, um, you know, whatever um, special effects. But it was all about this, you know, guy warlock teaching a young boy the, the magic books. And, and so that stuff is still around. You've got to be really careful with that because that's demonic, and in this case right here, um, the, the demonic aspect was the, the Judaizers coming in and casting a spell on them. Because you might be here thinking, well, I'm good. It'll never happen to me. Let me ask you a question. Um, if, you, if, you, if you went toe-to-toe with a demon, do you think you'd win? And the answer is no. Not unless you're fighting under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. These Galatians had let their guard down and they were now bewitched in one sense. They had been deceived. It was almost as if they, that a spell was cast on them. It's a really weird thing. And then Paul says, oh, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? And notice what he says there in verse 1, that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. Now, this is a really interesting uh, verse in the, in the Greek language. He says this. He says that you were given an image of Jesus Christ crucified, nailed to a cross. You saw it with your spiritual eyes, and, and, and it was there, like, like this image clearly seen, it was almost as if you were there. Think about that. I mean, I, I know that must have been bloody. I know it must have been, I don't know, uh, just ugly. But how many of you would like to see that? And, and, and I know we were like, well, Christ isn't on the cross anymore. You know, we Protestants, we have that, 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 that claim and it's true. But, but, but to see Jesus there redeeming you, saving you, bearing all your sins. Paul says to the Galatians, you saw. He was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. He did the work. How could you not think God's blood is not enough? And so he, he asked the, the Galatians, you're, you're foolish, who has bewitched you? 
And so he asked them in verse 2, this only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And so if you're saved here today, how did you get saved? Was it by the works of the law or was it by the hearing of faith? And I know if you're saved, you would say it was by the hearing of faith, right? That I didn't have to go earn it. I didn't necessarily, you know, do the sacraments or, you know, offer the sacrifices in order to be saved. Uh, I don't know how it happened with you guys. I kind of wish I could interview all of you and say, how did it happen with you, Nina? How did you get saved, Larry? And, you know, I mean, just uh, every story is amazing. But it was just a story of faith that somewhere along the line, you believed. Somewhere along the line, you understood that you were a sinner in need of a Savior, that Jesus died for you on the cross, he rose again, and you embraced him as the Lord of your life. And so that's when you received the Holy Spirit, and that's how you, you know it's just such a beautiful thing. But then he asked this question, in verse 2, this only I, I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And, of course, we know the answer is by the hearing of faith. And so he says in verse 3, Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? You know, and, and like we were talking about last time, it's kind of interesting how the flesh... It, it wants the incense. It wants the stained glass windows. It wants the rules and regulations. It would be a lot easier for me in one sense if I just had someone tell me, okay, here's a list of things to do. It's got nothing to do with a personal relationship with God. You know, but, but the answer to that is, you know, that's not going to work. I mean, the, we receive the Spirit by faith and it talks about being perfected here. And we will grow forward by faith. You know, it's not going to be the rules and regulations. It's not going to be the legalism. It's not going to be circumcision. It's not going to be Judaism. It's not going to be Catholicism. We will grow in the Spirit. And so Paul here, he, he has some questions for them. In verse 4, have you suffered so many things in, in vain? If indeed it, it was in vain, therefore he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And so I know you're like, well, Manny, it's so hard to really, you know, take this in that you're telling me that I'll grow by believing, that I, I'm going to grow by faith. Don't I need to perform? And don't I need to read like 27 chapters of the Bible? You know, don't I need to attend, you know, at least 15, you know, Sunday morning services? And, and, and the, the truth is that those things in and of themselves are not guaranteed that you're going to grow. When you read your Bible and, and you believe, when you're going through life and the Lord shows you something, and you believe, then you begin to grow. You know, the, the miracles, think about that. The miracles that take place in our life or whatever the miracle is, 
I mean, that's who it wants sex, it wants drugs, it wants alcohol, and it wants religion. It wants rules and regulations. It wants legalism. It wants it. Be so careful because you won't grow that way. You'll grow as you believe. It's so amazing. It's by faith. It's not by law. And so he uses Abraham as an illustration, and we'll see him a lot in this chapter. He says, just as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. You know, and you go back uh, to the book of Genesis in chapter 15, and, and God told Abraham something interesting. He said, as the stars in the heavens are, and the sands in the sea, so shall your descendants be. He gave him a promise. And Abraham believed. He believed, and it's interesting, and it says it and counted it to him as righteousness. And we're going to see as we go through the book of Romans and different places that that moment, that instant in time, what ends up happening is when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, that word accounted is a banking term. And imagine, you know, you go on your bank and you're like, man, you're checking your account. And you're thinking, man, do I, do I have enough to cover this King Taco you know, meal I'm going about to buy? And you're, you're sweating bullets and everything. And imagine you look in your account and you, and you got a million dollars or something. I mean, in, in, that would be cool, right? But now consider that spiritual righteousness. I'm, I'm telling you guys, and I know it's hard to believe, but it's so important that you do that when Abraham was out there looking up at the stars and hearing the voice of God, and, he, and, he, and it came into his heart, God said, Abraham, this promise is for you. The moment he believed, it was accounted to him as righteousness. That's how God works. That's how God works. Look at verse 7. Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scriptures foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. You know, we're, we're descendants of Abraham in one sense uh, because we're children of faith. And so Genesis chapter 12 and verse 3 says God's going to bless the whole world through uh, Abraham. And what that was was the preaching of the gospel. And, and when we believe, then we are blessed. Imagine that. You know, and I, like I told you guys the other day, and a lot of times people have a, a hard time with this, but I'm talking to a Jehovah Witness and I'm asking them, well, how do you get saved? And they just, they're dancing around and they're telling me all these different things when the Bible makes it so simple, so clear. Acts 16, 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. So, so think about it for a second. Um, I'll use myself as an example here. When I got saved, you guys have heard my story. I think it's been like, 1,271 times. You've heard it over and over again, right? How I went forward and I received Christ as my Lord and Savior. And then he came in and he gave me power. He set me free. He did just change my life. 
Uh, what, 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 what we're reading today is just, Manny, just like you got saved that day and you went forward and you believed, that's how you get sanctified, my son. That's how you grow. That's how you get strong. You just keep reading your Bible and you keep believing. You keep listening to the Holy Spirit. You take those lessons in and you keep believing. You know, um, the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, in verse 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you get the word of God, now you have something to believe in. And as you believe, you're saved. As you believe, you grow. And as we're children of faith, then we're in the family of Abraham. Because look what we read in verse 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith but the man who does them shall live by them. And so it's interesting. Um, when, when you look at the, the law of Judaism, any of you guys read the Old Testament? It's pretty amazing, huh? The, the law, the civil law, the ceremonial law, um, the... Um, the moral law of the Old Testament, and it's a lot of cool things. Some of the things, you guys think it's okay to get a tattoo now? I just want to stir up debate right here, man. <laughs> Seriously, no, I'm just joking. I want to ask you that. Um, you know, but in the law, of course, it said no tattoos. Um, it said don't cut your hair too short on the side, um, you know, because that's what the pagans did. You know, you couldn't have shrimp or, or bacon. Um, some of those things, you know, you know, you're wondering. And, uh, but then, of course, there's the, the, the moral law, the Ten Commandments. And then you have the sacrificial law and the ceremonial law. And so those are kind of cool things. But, but if you didn't do everything in the law, think about that. That was the old covenant. Cursed is everyone who doesn't continue in the law, who doesn't do everything. If you don't do everything, then you're cursed. Think about that. And that was, man, that, that was the law at the end of the day. He said, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. That's out of the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 27. But it's interesting how Paul here is quoting the Old Testament. Then he takes them to Habakkuk, chapter 2, in verse 4, where the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. And so, um, you know, he's just quoting scripture. This is how you live. You live by faith, not by feelings. You live by, 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 by faith in, in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and what you find, it's interesting, Habakkuk is quoted three times in the New Testament, is quoted in the book of Romans, is quoted in the book of Galatians, and is quoted in the book of Hebrews. And so when you look at the, the, it's interesting, you know, the way that it's all broken down, the just shall live by faith. Um, Romans talks about the just. Galatians says that you're supposed to live it. Uh, by f and then Hebrews tells us what faith is. And so 
It takes three New Testament books to really elaborate on the depth of that one passage in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. And, and what the Bible says is that it's not, you know, continuing in the law because if we can't. And think about all the rules and regulations in the Old Testament. And if you missed one, then you were cursed. Imagine that. And so you couldn't do it. And so you might wonder, well, then why did God give them the law if they couldn't do it? And Paul's going to talk about that. Look at verse uh, 13. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. Think about that. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And so, um, we were born in an interesting time. How many of you here would have liked to have been born in, like, Moses' days? No? I mean, wouldn't you like to see the Red Sea divide? Wouldn't you like to see the... the oh, come on, be honest. Wouldn't it be kind of cool to go and collect the manna each day? You know? Imagine that. Or, you know, like seeing Moses strike the rock and water comes out. You know, you're being led in the Old Testament. I don't know. There's different eras you could have lived in, right? Um, in, in the days of Elijah would be kind of cool, or maybe the days of David. Don't, don't you... I, I wonder, like, if we get to heaven, if there's going to be, like, you know, DVDs there of all the different eras of you know, time or something, you know. But, but, but you know, I don't know, by the grace of God, we were born in this dispensation of grace. We were born in this time where it wasn't about, you know, the burden and the obligation of the law, you know, with, I mean, just the Ten Commandments, they made 612 commandments from the Ten Commandments. Imagine that. You had to know all 612 of them just based on the 10, not to mention, you know, the book of Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and all the others that they added to it. You know, so, you know, you couldn't do it. So what ended up happening is Jesus came out, came down and did it for us, right? And he came down from heaven and he lived his life, the perfect life, and he fulfilled the law he lived the law because a lot of people wonder, well, why didn't Jesus just come down and die and then, and then rise? And, 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 and the answer is because he had to live the law. And he continued in it. He lived in it. When he got baptized, he said, permitted to be so, for thus I shall fulfill all righteousness. And then after he lived it, he died and he became that curse for us. That's what it says right here. Because the scripture talks about the fact that cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And that was Jesus on the cross. And so he does that for us. Why? Verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And when you look at Abraham and just the promises that God gave him, 
we receive many of those promises. Now, there are some that are distinct only for the Jews, but there are many others that we receive as descendants of Abraham by faith. And so we read in verse 15, Paul says, Brethren, I speak in the manner of men, though it is only a man's covenant, yet if it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. Now to Abraham and his seed, now you'll notice the, in, the word seed is in your Bible, is it capitalized? Okay, so that's in reference to Jesus. Now to Abraham and his seed, were the promises made, he does not say unto seeds as of many, but as of one unto your seed who is Christ. And this I say, which the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer a promise that God gave it to Abraham by promise. And so we go back to the beginning where it just says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him unto righteousness. And when you read Hebrews 11, it's really interesting how it talks about the promise and it talks about the promised land and it talks about heaven and it talks about the things of God, the kingdom of God and all of that was something that we received by faith. Now, you know, Right here, people might ask, or ask, well, then what about the law? You know, 430 years later, Moses was there and he received the law. And doesn't that kind of erase the promise of Abraham that God gave Abraham 430 years later? And what Paul is saying here is absolutely not. That it's not by law. The law doesn't wipe out the promise. Otherwise, the promise would not be a promise. God keeps his promises and god tells the whole wide world that in through you every every nation of the world is going to be blessed and 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 how are we blessed by faith by faith and every time i uh i read my bible because maybe i not necessarily want to i mean usually i do want to to be honest with you but who knows do you ever feel like, do you ever not feel like reading your Bible? No, you guys are good. You're Sunday nighters, man. You're good. Every time I, I, I bite my lip when I want to maybe talk back to my wife or, or whatever. And every time I, I try to keep the speed limit when I just want to go 100 miles an hour, but I know I can't. Every time I, I want to um, text message on my phone or maybe, you know, do something there on my phone because I want to hear a song even though I'm driving, but I know I can't because it's against the law. Romans chapter 13 says that, that you're not supposed to break the law. Every time you obey God by faith, you're blessed. Did you know that? That inherent within the laws of the universe are blessings to those who are obedient by faith. It's not the law. You know, and, and what we find here as, as we're going through and, and, you know, we're descendants of Abraham and the promise is made, you know, to Christ and all those who are in, are in Christ is that the, the, the Mosaic Covenant, it doesn't wipe away the promise of God. 
You know, have you guys ever um, met someone who keeps their promises? It's hard to really find somebody who does, huh? You know, but every once in a while you come across somebody in life who you know their word, it carries weight. Uh, we want to be a person like that, huh? Because our yes be yes and our no be no. Um, but but I do know this, that if the Lord makes a promise to you, he's going to keep it. And that's what we're discovering here. That's what he's talking about. It's not law it's promise. It's not legalism. It's not religion. It's, it's not the flesh. It's faith. This is how we live. Look at verse um, 19. He says, well, then what purpose then does the law serve? I mean, it was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made and it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. Now, a mediator does not mediate for one only, but, but God is one. And so is the law then against the promises of God? Certainly not. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. But the scripture has confined all under sin that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. And, and he's just kind of saying the same thing over and over again, but, but with a little nuance here, a, a little bit of a distinction. Okay, so let me see if I can kind of regather you for a second. Go back in time, let's go back in time to Abraham. And God through Abraham said, in you, in your seed, I'm going to bless all the nations of the world. And Abraham, you're going to be example to them. You're going to be the father of faith and you're going to be the one that, I'm going to write this about the time when it says, and you believed God, he believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. I believe. I received the promise. I know I'm saved. I know who I am in Christ. I know I'm messed up. I know I fall short. And sometimes I struggle with who I am, but I know what the Bible says about who I am. And I know God loves me. And I believe. I believe. I receive, Right? And so that was the promise. It's all by faith, saved by faith, sanctified by faith. You grow by faith. If you're not growing, it's not because you're not performing. If you're not growing, it's because you're not believing. If you're not growing, it's because you're not receiving. It's all by promise. It's all by faith. And so there's Abraham, and he's, he's, the, he's the father of the faith, so to speak, but then you fast forward 430 years and you got Moses at Mount Sinai and he's got all the laws and, and, and all the stuff for Israel. And, and, and so Paul's asking, well, why then did we have the law? Why did that thing ever come, you know? And uh, of course, we know the law, it says right here, was added because of transgressions, verse 19. The, the law was added because of the fact that we need to to know that we're sinners. I mean, you know, the law said, uh, thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Have you guys ever lied? Because if you say no, you're lying right now. We've all lied. And so we found out that we're sinners. That's what the law did. 
you know, in one sense, it kept us in check because, you know, we got to try to, you know, abide by the rules. But in another sense, it was just there to tell us that we're sinners. It, it would be, and I know this is a tough thing, but it, it's kind of like a doctor who gives a diagnosis, but he doesn't have the capacity to heal. That's what the law is. It tells us we're sinners, but the law can't save us. Only Jesus can. And that's what Paul is saying here. It was here, and notice we read right here in verse 22, but the scripture has confined all under sin that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law, kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. Therefore, the law was our tutor. Any of you guys ever had a tutor? You won't admit it, huh? <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Now, there, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. And so in the, in the, in the Jewish household, they would have, usually it was a, a, a servant that was very trustworthy. A lot of times it was an individual who was older and they would call them a tutor and what they would do, the tutor would literally do, is they would take that child every single day to their teacher, right? Because they're young, and I don't know, nowadays, you know, sometimes we have people who walk our kids to school. In one sense, it's like that, right? But, but what he's saying is that's only temporary, because once you get old enough, you no longer need that tutor. And so and when faith comes then the law is no longer needed. Now, does that mean that we throw out the Old Testament? No, there's still a lot of valuable things there. There's still many principles that we hold on to. But we don't sacrifice lambs anymore, right? We don't uh, do those ceremonial laws. And, and now, by the grace of God, we can eat bacon. You know what they say, a, a day without bacon is like a day without sunshine. We can have bacon right? But then there's the moral law, the Ten Commandments. They're all repeated in the New Testament except for one. And so we have now a healthy perspective of the law. There's still a lot of beautiful principles there, and we obey them, and we glean from them. But as far as salvation goes, it's by faith, not by law. And, and, and so that's what we're learning. We're no longer under the law, because he explains here in verse 26, for you are all sons of God. How? Through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, where there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And so all the, uh, all the promises that God gave, you know, to Abraham, and again, I'm not talking about the ones that were distinctly for the Jews. I'm talking about, you know, the blessings that abound. You know, one of the, my, my favorite descriptions of Abraham, did you guys know that he was called a friend of God? Did you guys know that? And did you know that you're friends of God? 
Did you guys know that? Uh, well, well, you're like, well, what, what is a friend? Well, Jesus talks about that in John, that he tells his friends secrets. He tells them the, the deep things. I mean, the promises of a relationship with, with God. When Abraham was here and just how God was his shield, how God walked before him, how God blessed him, how God would give uh, uh, this promised land to him. What's the promised land? It's a life. You ready? A life of victorious Christian living. Do you understand that? You are descendants of Abraham. The promise to Abraham was a land flowing with milk and honey. It was a promised land. Victorious Christian living is ours. How? If we believe. Do you know who you are? Do you know that God lives in you? Do you know that you're a friend of God? Do you know that you are chosen by God? Do you know who you are? All this is by faith. It's not the law. It's the promise of God, and he can't break it. That's what he's trying to say, because what happens to us, and I'm the, I'm, I'm the first to be guilty of it, is we look to you know, our works. And, and Lord, today I didn't get mad at my wife, and so I'm sure... You know, I'm going to get some extra bonus points, you know, and I, I read for an hour and I prayed for an hour and those things are good, don't get me wrong, but if they're just things that you do like a Pharisee and you're thinking you're going to get blessed because of that, no, it doesn't work that way. You believe and you receive and you're a different person. You know, he mentions right here that there, there's no more Jew or Greek or there is neither Jew nor Greek in verse 28 Slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And, and that doesn't mean that there's no longer any racial distinctions or, or gender distinctions or social distinctions. It just means that none of those ever will equate into spiritual advantages. That God doesn't love men more than women. That does, God doesn't love the, the, the rich man more than he does the slave. And God doesn't love the Jew more than he does the Gentile. And the Gentile doesn't have to become a Jew in order to be saved. Because now, guess what? The, 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 the footing is equal there at the cross. And so, you know, prayerfully, we won't, you know, get all caught up in that, wow, I got a disadvantage, you know, because I'm a girl or, or I'm a Gentile or I don't got a lot of money. I can't really be a spiritual giant. Yes, you can. Even if you're a sister, even if you're a Gentile, even if you're poor, yes, you can. How? By faith. We hope you were encouraged by this study. If you have any questions, please call us at Calvary Chapel El Monte at air code 626-454-3414. Remember, that Jesus loves you.